Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hey Kieran, the evil Jedi is actually the good Jedi's father. Really? That's right. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to Jeez. the show. I knew you were going to do that. That is a spoiler. <laughs> I can't right. believe you went with that. That's I don't know right. if it's a matter of me having the force or if it's a matter of me just my predicting powers <laughs> have gotten so good I in could... the uh, 38 episodes of doing this show. But I absolutely knew that that's what you were going to do as a. I couldn't help it. I could not help it. Yeah, that's what we do on the show. We potentially spoil things. If only I'd been on the record calling it, then it would have <laughs> been a point. high fives all around. Heaps yeah. of points my way. Yeah, there's plenty of room for that, Kieran. Yes, there is. So if you're a first time listener to this show, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Great episode to join us on, talking about one of the biggest movies of the year, Star Wars Episode Nine. That's right. The Rise of Skywalker. Not like we said before. What, yeah. what did we say or in last as episode? we said last week, Rise of the Skywalker. And we were like, yeah, that's right. I'm pretty that sure sounds that's right. right. That sounds right. I did say that Rise of the Skywalker sounds dumb though, so mm. it definitely isn't that. But yeah, we're here to talk Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, possibly one of the biggest anticipated movies this year, I guess, with Avengers, yeah. I would Behind say. Behind Avengers, maybe ahead of Avengers, depending no. on how big the audience is. We'll see. Yeah. I'd love to see how the numbers in the box office go compared to Avengers Endgame, but we'll see in a couple of months. We will see. So if this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here is we go away for a week, we scratch our heads and we... <laughs> Look at ourselves in the mirror, cry a little bit, yes. um, sit in the fetal position in the corners of our respective rooms. And then we look at all the promotional material for a movie, uh, the poster, the trailer, anything we can get our hands on, and we try and predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Yes, we like to see if we can actually predict the movie before the movie even comes out. That's right. And if you want to put some of our previous plot predictions to the test, you can do so because coming up this weekend, a couple of movies that we've predicted are coming to cinemas. Not only is Zombieland Double Tap, a movie that we predicted with no information. None! There wasn't even a trailer. But also Jojo Rabbit is going to be in cinemas. So if you're going to either Zombieland Double Tap or Jojo Rabbit, so Nazis or zombies, depending on what you're interested (laughs) in, check out our episodes that we did on those movies either before or after you go. I generally find it works out better if you listen to them after. It's way more satisfying and it also won't spoil anything that we got potentially right. And yeah, you'll be able to judge how accurate our predictions have been in the past. And let us know what you thought. Absolutely. Now, we've already mentioned the movie, but if you're not familiar with any of the Star Wars movies, then you're listening to the wrong show. Go out and watch a movie. (laughs) Go out and find one of the Star Wars movies, any one of them, and listen to it, and I'm sure you'll get way more informed than you would listening to our show. But for anyone who needs a bit of a refresher, Matty D, would you explain in layman's terms exactly what Star Wars and the Star Wars franchise is? It would be my pleasure, Kieran, and I can speak to the layman's terms very well. So, being a layman yourself. Being a layman myself. The Star Wars saga or series of movies is a pretty much a space opera set in a time before we know it now, where essentially it's kind of like a an action sort of movie, a fantasy, a fantasy that's a medieval right, fantasy set in space. Where that's people, how I like to describe people it. People fly around in spaceships shooting each other. People have swords made out of lasers. That's right. And it's a typical good versus bad movie a lot of the time, and it's very much beloved. There are aliens. There are robots. There is uh, magic. It's got it all. Wow, I'm excited. Mm. Who wouldn't want to see that? Who would not want to see that? Yeah, started when? When did it start in the 70s? Sometime. I believe the first movie, Star Wars, or as it's known now, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, came out in 1977. 
out in 1978, if I'm not mistaken, right. followed by The Empire Strikes Back in 1980, which we've actually talked about before yes. on a previous podcast. Yes. Best Movie Quest, still available on iTunes. We did a whole episode where we reviewed Empire Strikes Back. So this is in our first rodeo. This is our <laughs> second time actually doing a podcast talking all about Star Wars. So. Yeah. And it's fair to say that these movies, since the first movie, really took off and revolutionized yeah, cinema. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, so many movies afterwards have tried to be like it and it's definitely, you can see its influence everywhere. So this is the ninth episodic story in the series and technically the 11th movie as well. That's right, yeah. I guess the 11th in canon movie because there's been a whole bunch of movies that aren't canon like the Star Wars Holiday yeah. Special and whatever that Clone Wars mess was, yeah. that CGI monstrosity movie. I think it's also worth saying, I didn't know if you wanted to say it as well, because these movies have a lot of lore, a lot of history, a lot of fans that are really invested in yes. this. If you were kind of looking at a podcast to see any big details about this yes. sort of movie. You're looking for great insights. You're looking at the wrong podcast. Yes. Where I don't, well, I guess we'll go into our histories, but we're not up to date with a lot of the nitty gritty details. No. So there may be things that we get wrong. There may be things that we don't know. But I guess that's All just right, what then, you're Matty, looking into. State your credentials. What is your history with the Star so, Wars franchise? So, Kieran, my history with the Star Wars franchise is when I was very young. I can't even remember what age I was. For some reason, the first Star Wars. I'm pretty sure it was the first Star Wars. I can't even remember I was that young. Started playing in cinemas like it was like re-released yeah. back in 1997. They did a remaster of all the original yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must have been it. And they re-released them in cinemas. And I remember I watched it in cinemas and I loved it. I thought it was really fun. I was a real Star Wars. I wouldn't say diehard, but I thought it was really Are you exciting. saying that the first time you saw Star Wars was in the cinemas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first That's time. That's incredible. I remember after that, I had a VHS box set with all the original trilogy and I watched them all the way through. Thought they were really cool and I remember playing with my Palpatine figurine and my R2-D2 little figurine and watching all of those movies. I went and saw The Phantom Menace when it came out in cinemas and controversial opinion I'll put my controversial hat on I liked it and I think it doesn't deserve to be as disliked as it you as still it is like currently. it to this day yeah I don't love it but I I thought it was all right so I've kind of seen all these movies um, most of them I've actually seen in the movie cinema to be honest with you I can't say I'm as big a fan as the franchise as a lot of people I enjoy them I don't invest a lot of time in them I don't know a lot about what's going on outside the movies there's a very close friend of mine who is really in and his name is George if George listens to this oh, show a little bit of which, a shout out which I know he won't actually because he doesn't want he doesn't want to spoil <laughs> what a loser he doesn't want to spoil Star Wars for himself even oh. if it's like potentially he's like he's refusing all the trailers he wants to go in blind so I I've, don't actually think he's a loser if he is listening <laughs> He'll listen to this show now and hate you. Um, So I learned a lot about the Star Wars franchise through him, but that's kind of my brief history. I don't think it's any different from anybody else's. I enjoyed it, and I'll go and buy a ticket to every movie. But so you you like the movies, but you're not a super fan. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot. Wouldn't call yourself a fanboy. Yeah, and there's some characters that are in these movies that people like. You know this character? I'm like, who is that? Who's that person? Ponda Baba. Who the hell is that guy? Exactly. I would say you're a bigger fan than me, which I guess points the microphone in your direction. What is your history? Well, my history with the Star Wars franchise. Quite like you, I grew up watching them on VHS. I would catch most of them in the cinemas. Believe it or not, I actually saw a lot of the re-releases like you in cinemas, which I feel retrospectively, even though a lot of fans would call them butchered versions of the original movies. But I personally feel very lucky, blessed to have seen them in the cinemas because how many people can claim they've seen an original Star Wars movie in the cinemas? Yeah. One of the original trilogy, that is. I've actually seen all of the movies in cinemas with the exception of Star Wars Episode Four, the classic 1978 Star Wars movie. I've never seen that in cinemas. But... In my house growing up, James Bond, Indiana Jones, and Star Wars was always on high rotation. I can feel your dad's influence there. Yes, absolutely. So it's something that I have a lot of nostalgia for looking back. 
But as an adult, I can't say that I hold it in the same regard as I do, say, James Bond or Indiana Jones. Really? Because I remember when we did this podcast however many years ago when we were young, budding podcasters, you seem to really have a, a lot of affection for the Star Wars movies. Yeah, maybe you need to re-listen to that episode. Oh, then. really? <laughs> now, one thing that really drew me to the Star Wars universe was, first of all, the video games. I think in the Best Movie Quest episode where we talked Star Wars, I mentioned how much fun I had playing the Star Wars video games growing up. Yeah, I forgot about the Star Wars but games. one thing that I had was one of the visual dictionaries, I think, around the time... I had one of those too! Star Wars Episode One came out, I got the DK Star Wars visual oh dictionary. Oh my god, weren't they fantastic? And they would literally break down all of the characters. They'd show you a little photograph of the characters, the ships, the weapons, the planets, and they would explain in detail all the backstory behind them. So I got to know all these different Star Wars characters just pouring over this book, drawing pictures of them, and then being excited to see when this character would pop up in the movie, only to be disappointed to find out they're just a background character. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I wanted a whole story in Dr. Everson. Yeah. Well, and th- Ponder they're there. they're there, you know. Or Snaggletooth. Who are these characters? Just random people. Do they appear in your plot? <laughs> you just Maybe, yeah. Them. They're just going to be all throughout and you're going to be completely lost. Yep. But I was always obsessed with the ships and the machinery as a young man. They went to so much detail with all of these movies. Um, yes, absolutely. It's, it's quite incredible. So the universe building was definitely something that I was really attracted to as a kid. But yeah, as I say, growing up, I sort of fell out of love with it just as I became more mature, became interested in different kinds of movies. You're too adult. Yeah. Too adult for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. It's what do you too think juvenile of, for What do you think of this trilogy, this latest one? I tell you what, I don't mind them. Mm. I have varying opinions on the different movies, yeah. but overall, they're entertaining movies, but they don't feel consistent to me. That's right. the main issue that I have with them. They don't feel like Star Wars movies, and they also don't feel consistent to each other. Okay, yeah, I, I know what you're saying there, yeah. I think The Force Awakens was probably maybe my favourite of all of them. I, really? I don't know if I would go that far, opinion. but you know, controversial. I'm still wearing- D, he loves episode one and I, the Force Awakens. I, <laughs> wow. I, uh, I like episode two. Um, <sighs> episode two, sorry, no, episode two of the original trilogy. I still get in you that You mean episode habit. five? Episode five, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still wearing my controversial hat. I need to take that off. Yes, you I'll do. start making everyone angry. And I haven't even got to my prediction, which I'll make oh, more people yes. angry. I can guarantee you that my prediction will make a lot of people mm. upset. Yeah. Just because I'm sure I'll get facts wrong. I'll have opinions that people disagree with and I'll have theories that people will think are stupid. I can guarantee it. We gave a disclaimer. We don't know what we're talking about. Yes, that's right. Except now, for watching a trailer and looking at what the movies have so far. Any of the pre-release photographs that we can get our hands <laughs> on. Because I found they actually helped a lot. Oh, I don't it? know how many of them you saw, but there are a few that gave a few hints at certain character relationships and motivations. Mm-hmm. But again, this is just interpretations from me looking at a photograph. Yeah. I was burned by the Joker, which we covered a few episodes ago. That movie, I based about a lot two of months what ago, I... But yes. uh, yeah, based on some pictures I saw of that movie that steered me in the wrong direction. So I'm kind of disgruntled when it comes to looking at the promotional photographs that come out. And we've also got trailers that lie as well. Who knows if these trailers that we've seen so far... And by the way, there's only been two trailers and they're both very brief. So I think we should say as well, on the recording of this podcast, there's only, what, two trailers? And I would dare call them both teasers. Yeah, Um, they're absolutely only teasers. They've been hinting that there's going to be a new trailer out. I think it's going to come out next Monday from the point of this recording. We've been texting each other, Kieran and I, just been like, oh, this trailer might come out and it might answer all of our questions. 
questions. It yeah. hasn't come out at all. So it, all we have to base ourselves on is these two teasers that I don't know about you are very, very vague. The first one shows a lot of shots from uh, previous movies. That was the second one. Oh, that was the second yeah. one, was it? That was the, the D23 second one. The D23 special trailer. Yeah, okay. And so that shows only a little bit of towards the end of what the movie might be. Yeah. And the rest is just sort of flashes and stills. Who knows what's going to be in this movie? The last movie left a lot of questions, in, in my yes. opinion. The first so two. We, Episode seven and eight yeah, had a lot of questions that I don't know if know will be answered. Where we're going. Personally, I don't know, but I've I've brought something to the table yeah, today, so we'll see how we go. Me too. I've got to say, I struggled with this one. Yep. I said, I think it was in our Frozen episode that that was the most difficult plot prediction that I've ever come up with. Yeah. But this one, by far, oh my God, takes the cake. There's so much to consider, and I have no idea really what direction they're going to go in. And they I could have do no anything. idea, logically, how they're going to answer some of the questions that they've raised, and how they're going to get themselves out of the corner that they've backed themselves into with the last two movies. Well, Kieran, you're assuming they could have had this whole thing planned out. I can guarantee you they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. J.J. Abrams was so giddy because he was like, I'm setting up mysteries and I'm looking forward to seeing how people answer now, them in future movies. J.J. Abrams never... He didn't realise... sets up mysteries that have no payoff. Mm, yeah, sure, lost. I bet you anything, he was not expecting in a thousand years to be returning to wrap all these mysteries up. I bet you he was so annoyed. And I know for a fact that he struggled. He struggled to come up with something. Well, did he struggle to come up with something or is he feeling the weight of this fandom? Oh, that fan very passionate group of people. We should probably briefly mention that as well because this trilogy, I'd say more so than any of the other two trilogies, has a very divided audience. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows that the prequel trilogy was very controversial. A lot of people didn't like those movies. In fact, for the most part, most people seem to accept the fact that they weren't great movies, but they yeah. were just like, oh, let's just take them for what they are, entertaining movies and let's try not to get too worked up about them. Mm. I think that's general audiences saying that, not diehard fans. Though, out of the woodwork, when this new trilogy started, a lot of people were suddenly like, you know, the prequel trilogy was actually pretty good. Yeah, I've noticed that. I actually quite like the prequel I've trilogy. That. I know I just said, which it, is really strange. said it a while ago, but you, you've known me for a very long time. I've never yes. really bashed the I know you members. have some weird ideas about <laughs> films, but yes. But these new ones, the general consensus among the haters, the detractors of this new series, is that the series is trying too hard to be, in quotes, woke, to use a modern slang <sighs> term. People have got too many opinions. Because there's a focus on strong, independent female characters in this series, they're automatically assuming that the filmmakers have a feminist agenda. Yeah. And another thing, they also feel because George Lucas doesn't have an involvement, that it can never really be canon as a part of the original <laughs> series. Though, mind you, George Lucas was only the story creator of the original series. He directed the prequel trilogy and the original Star Wars movies, but he didn't write all of them, and he certainly didn't direct all of them. So, what does that say about that theory? That Yeah. I mean, people like to say George Lucas is the best thing, George Lucas is the worst thing to happen to the trilogy. I don't yeah. know. It's, I'm not going to get involved involved in that in that no. debate there the last film especially Star Wars Episode 8 what was it called uh, The Last Jedi Star Wars Episode 8 The Last Jedi was very divisive there was almost complete audience divide saying some people were saying this is the worst Star Wars movie ever made and other people were saying this is the best Star Wars movie ever made yeah. Medi D I'm not sure what your opinion is currently on it but I remember at the time being confused by it mm. going well this is the standard inconsistent feeling new trilogy that I've come used to but I thought it was an entertaining movie I thought it was too long I think there's a lot of plot threads that they're going to struggle to wrap up. Yeah, I know that we're going to attempt to do that ourselves in our plot predictions. It was, it but, was definitely uh, a surprise with where they went with it. Yeah. Look, I went with I went into the movie cinemas and I went with some guys that were older than me and we watched it and I remember kind of liking bits, not liking others and then I came out of the movie theatre and the guys I was with completely trashed it. Said it was the worst thing, was picking it to shreds and almost like a force ghost came to me 
and was just like a little Yoda, puppet a little a little Yoda ghost. puppet, or a little a little angel on my side, just whispered in my ear, "Maddie D, it's a Star Wars movie." And from there on in, I've just sort of let go. I'm just like, yeah, they're they're fun movies. At the Let's end of the enjoy day, them for what they are. As big as the fan base is, as ravenous as the fan base is, at the end of the day, they're still popcorn movies, and I don't think they ever really aspire to be too much yeah. beyond popcorn movies. They're fun movies. So I think as long as they're entertaining, who really cares? <laughs> sorry if we upset anybody. Yes, sorry, I do but- know that people do have their weddings Star Wars themed and yes. whatnot. Which, like I said, this isn't a podcast for the diehard Star Wars fan. Nah, we are two laymen doing a podcast for the layman. It's a podcast for the diehard fans too. They'll enjoy it. Yeah, sure. To laugh at. <laughs> now, just a little bit of brief history about this upcoming Star Wars movie itself, Episode Ooh. Nine. It was originally going to be written by Ryan Johnson and directed by Colin Trevorrow. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ryan Johnson wrote and directed Episode Eight. Yeah. And Colin Trevorrow, you may remember as the director of the Jurassic World movies. Oh, really? Thank. Goodness, he got the sack. <laughs> so instead, the movie is being directed by J.J. Abrams, who's yep. returning as the director of Star Wars Episode Seven, and it is co-written by Abrams himself and a gentleman called Chris Terrio, who you may remember wrote Argo. Old Argo. A.K.A. Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> and now, believe it or not, George Lucas was also consulted on the story section of this movie as well. So rest assured, we're either in good hands or we're not in good hands at all. Whatever your opinion is. <laughs> I guess we have to save all opinions until the movie comes out. Having said that, this is what we think is going to (laughs) happen. Yes, absolutely. Now, one thing that we know for sure about the movie, one plot point that we can guarantee is that the movie takes place a year Mm. after The Last Jedi. Yep. And has about a million characters in it. Yeah. I think this new series, this new trilogy rather, has way too many characters and Star Wars was already a series that had way too many characters. Yeah, I think it's going to get the Avengers treatment though. I think there's going to be a lot of characters but not a lot of screen time. They're kind of all going to be grouped together. Oh, I'm giving away my own thoughts. Well, yeah, we'll see. Now let's talk about these characters themselves or more so the actors who portray these characters now a lot of the time we'll go into where we know these actors from but for the most part a lot of these actors are best known for being in this trilogy so i don't think we'll really have to explain where we know daisy ridley from daisy ridley of course playing ray in the movie yeah because who really knew her before she was in star wars episode seven yeah i don't know where she was what else she's done before that i think she played a corpse in one of those CSI crime scene investigation shows. There you go. I remember that because I remember she was topless. <laughs> so that's the only reason it came to me off the top <laughs> and of my so head. So when she was cast in Star Wars, you were like, hang on that's a that second. dead body woman. I know her. I never forget a topless woman. Of course, that's a very unfair way of describing Daisy Ridley's credentials. Yeah. I've come to enjoy her quite a bit. A lot of people don't like it for some I reason. I also like her as well. I I don't get the flack that has come her way. I think she's doing a good job. I mean, the character a lot of the time comes across a bit like a nasty dog because she's always barking and yelling at people, but <laughs> she does have a softer side that's empathetic. We also have John Boyega returning as Finn. He was the from former the former Stormtrooper. Attack the Block. Attack the Block, yes. that's right. And he's also in Pacific Rim. He is too. So he's one of those people who's popping up all over the place ever since he was in Episode 7. But yeah, I think a lot of people saw him for the first time quite like Daisy Ridley in episode seven Mm. and almost cut from the same cloth returning as Kylo Ren aka Ben Solo himself is Adam Driver he's coming up in that Bill Murray zombie movie isn't he is he yeah he is as one of the main characters he did a few things like a few like weird comedies and things like that yeah but he was never a a real household name Mm. this is definitely again his big standout role now an actor we've actually talked about before returning as Poe Dameron is Oscar Isaac who we've talked about before in our Adams Family episode yes and a lot of people People may have seen him in X-Men Apocalypse, where he played Apocalypse. 
Not me. I didn't watch Apocalypse. Mm, lucky you. There's actually a whole bunch of actors that I want to talk about. So if we're only skimming over them briefly, that's done on purpose because I think Matty D and I both have really long plots to get through too. Yes. So returning as General Hux, who I've referred to in my plot as Kylo Ren's butt monkey, <laughs> is Domhnall Gleeson, mm. who I think he played Bill Weasley in Did he? the oh, Harry I Potter movies. I think you're movies. right. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. But I think I know him best as playing that guy who was cloned. They made a weird robot version of him in an episode of Black Mirror because I think he threw himself off a cliff. Okay. Anyway, he's in almost everything at the moment. I believe we may have even talked about him before, but I couldn't tell you which movie it was. No, I can't remember either. Basically, any second movie he's going to appear in these yeah. days. Yeah. Seems like being a part of the, uh, what are these guys called? These soldiers? Confederate the First Order. Yeah. Well, you know, more more the officers. This seems to be a great career move because all of a sudden you're just in everything. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Another person we've actually talked about before on a previous show is Lupita Nyonyo. Mm. I'm sorry if I'm not saying your surname correctly, Lupita, but we've talked about her in Us. Yeah. We've actually talked about her twice because we revisited that movie and she's returning as Mars Canada. Yes. Because it's very loosely similar to the Spanish phrase... Mars Canada, which means no worries for the rest of your days. It is a Disney movie after all. She's like a little alien. She looks like an orange that's been left out in the <laughs> sun too long. In fact, I didn't talk about her in my plot at all. I hope you uh, mentioned her at least. I did. Okay, that's good. Appearing for the first time in this trilogy. Oh, I know. How exciting. I'm very excited to be seeing this character return to the series. Playing Lando Calrissian mm. again for the third time is Billy D. Williams. Yes. Where has he been? I don't know. We last saw Lando Calrissian played by Donald Glover in Solo, and he didn't excellent job but I want to see the man himself I want to see what modern age how good was Lando he Carissa. how good was Donald Glover though as Lando he was excellent he was, he was the best part of that movie he was perfect yeah I agree with you he saved the movie for me basically <laughs> but yeah it's fun to see him back especially now that we're missing a certain other outlaw yes that's right well you never know they might bring everybody back in some capacity. Who maybe, knows? maybe. Little surprises for everybody. Maybe. No I'm not going to really rule dead. anything out. Now, an actor who I am actually surprised to see returning is Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico yes. in the last movie. I'm episode. not surprised. I'm not surprised. No, I think it would be ridiculous if they didn't include her, but I think she was one of the major points of contention for diehard fans or toxic fans, basically, upon the release of episode eight. Mm. But I think it would just be insulting to the actress, and I think it would be insulting to the character if they were just ignored the fact that she ever existed at all. You mean like Jar Jar Binks? Yeah, basically. I've got more to say on that, but I want to save it for my plot prediction. Oh, interesting. But she is someone I actually feel really sorry for because she has just not had a good time ever since the release of episode eight. I think we called her Maria Tran in a previous episode as well, (laughs) so I'm sorry that we couldn't get your name right either, Kelly. It was we're me terrible too. people. Yes, we are. But at least we're not bullying people off Twitter. No, we're not doing that. Now We have to be engaged with people on Twitter to do that. Yes. A first-timer for this series, and Star Wars in general, I suppose, is Richard E. Grant, who's playing Allegiant General Pride. Yep. Now, I know Richard E. Grant from Withnell and I, where he plays the titular Withnell, mm. but he was also <laughs> the band manager in Spice World, the Spice oh, Girls movie, really? if you remember that at all. Of course I remember that. The Spice Girls movie? And just a general all-round great actor. Just wanted to put that out there. Now, playing another new character, Zori Bliss. Yes. Is Carrie Russell, who is described as a criminal and an old friend of Poe Dameron. Interesting, hey? Now, this is no word of a lie. Usually I do a gag where I like pull out the most obscure thing that the actor has done. I genuinely only know Carrie Russell as playing the babysitter from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. She was in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? Yeah. Oh, God. She was the hot babysitter that Nick wanted to date. Can't remember anything about that movie. 
she and Nick got picked up inside a, a car and put in the baby's bib. Okay. Again, I haven't watched those movies in years. The, the general standards around at the Kieran household. <laughs> Either Star Wars, James Bond, or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Now, I know Carrie Russell has done a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. but for the life of me, I couldn't name another thing outside of Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> now, returning as Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. is Mark Hamill. What? Didn't he die in the last movie? Yeah, I'm just as shocked as you are to see him there back. It's go. not like he could turn into a ghost or something. I think it's cloning. Uh, uh, don't spoil anything <laughs> from my plot, buddy, do you? But yes, I can almost guarantee you that Mark Hamill is going to reappear as a force ghost. Now, I can almost guarantee you that the first thought, whenever someone says Mark Hamill, I can guarantee you the first thought that they have of the actor is as Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So, But big for the voice of the Joker yeah, in the animated right. series and the video games. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, if Adrian Ritberger in Full Throttle. <laughs> That's an obscure reference for everybody. Wow. I get that reference, but wow. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that's yeah. LucasArts as well. So if you don't know Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, you know him as the Joker. Big voiceover guy as well. He does a yeah, lot of voices. Yeah, he's got a great voice. Mm. In fact, his voice sounds so different now that when I hear him speaking as Luke Skywalker, I'm like, is that Luke Skywalker? Doesn't sound like him anymore. I thought he was a perfect, well, obviously he's the actor, but like, I liked how he was old Luke Skywalker. I yeah. love how they did that. It's very nuanced. Mm. I like it. Yeah. They didn't try and make him look like young Luke. They made him look like an old Jedi master. Yeah. Something I appreciated from the last movie. And he still had a bit of his humor left. Again, yeah. I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I liked it. You liked him drinking the milk out of those weird aliens? Um, That one was a bit weird <laughs> even for me, but I'll, you know, I'll let it go. Now, here's another one that I found interesting. Returning as Leia Organa is Carrie Fisher. Well, they filmed all her scenes. Yeah. Well, apparently they're just going to reuse scenes or unused scenes from the previous two movies. So, returning as Leia Organa is footage of Carrie Fisher. (laughs) Oh, hey, Luke, where are you going? I cannot get the scene from Sopranos out of my head where Tony Soprano is talking to footage of his dead mother. Well, the character of his mother wasn't dead at this point, but the actress had died. They've kind of already done that. In, really? In these series of movies. Yeah, well, like making an actor and putting the face over, yeah, you're right. over the actor. They did that with Grand Moff Tarkin mm. in Rogue One. And Leia as well in... Um, oh, yeah, in the same movie, mm, in yeah. Rogue One. But yeah, they said they're not going to do that with Carrie Fisher in this movie. So they're just going to use footage of her. And they said that they've incorporated it very well. So I'd be very curious to see how they use it. Okay. They're going to have a hard time having people like Lando or any new characters interact with the footage. But I'm sure whatever they do is going to be tasteful and it's going to be well used. Yeah. At least we can presume so anyway. And the last person I wanted to talk about rounding out the cast, there's a lot more cast members who we didn't mention, but the last one I specifically wanted to mention, playing Emperor Palpatine, yes. returning as Emperor Palpatine, is Ian McDermott. Yes, well, that was the big giveaway with this trailer, was the laugh at the end of yes. the trailer. was That was a big surprise for everyone to see old, old Emperor Palpatine back. Well, we didn't see him. We're just well, presuming that he's back. Now, true. mind you, in the Star Wars Episode One trailer, in the teaser trailer for that movie, they had Darth Vader breathing in the background of uh. it. And they also did the same thing in the Star Wars Episode 2 trailer. So a lot of people were speculating at the time, I even remember this, that Anakin was going to become Darth Vader by the end of Episode 1 or even Episode 2. Of course, that didn't happen. So for a while, I thought that this might be a circumstance of they're just referencing the Emperor, but why reference him at all if he's not going to be in the movie? I don't know about you, but he pops up in my plot. I won't say if he does with mine. Okay, really. But I can almost guarantee it from all this teasing that they're doing and the fact that they've listed him among the cast, he's going to appear in some capacity in the movie, whether it's as a Force Ghost, maybe as the actual Emperor himself. Sith can't turn into Force Ghosts, right? Well, (laughs) 
shit. I didn't know that. Well, who knows? I don't. Why is I don't the force even... going to discriminate against I don't, people? I like don't that. have. I don't have rules to this, Kieran. So mm. I don't know for sure. Neither does Disney. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. I think if you think if they care about it, then you can care about it. Yes. Now let's get into our plot prediction. Let's go straight in. Let's rip this bandaid off. It's going to be hard. Everyone's going to be mad at us. Yes. But we just got to do it. It's our duty. It's our responsibility. It's our obligation to bring this prediction of Star Wars to the masses. So you and I both have a passing knowledge of Star Wars lore. Yep. So if you hear something in my plot, Matty D, that you disagree with law-wise, or if I hear something in your plot that I disagree with law-wise, feel free to call it out. Because Gu- I'm going to call you out. I guarantee you I probably won't pick it up if there is. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just, oh, okay, I didn't know that. I can guarantee you we're going to get a lot of details wrong. We're going to say stuff that doesn't make sense. Mm. But yes, we'll try our hardest to police each other. But we're really looking to the fans to call out anything that we yep. might have blatantly Please wrong. Please comment if we get anything wrong. Okay, my plot of Star Wars Episode Nine, and I know you did a lot of work on this, so I'm interested. The Rise to see it. of Skywalker. You can publish this in a book. Yeah, I've basically written a book. I can guarantee you that my script treatment is longer than the original script treatment that they wrote for this movie. I bet I know what your opening's going to be. Yeah, we're starting with a text crawl. We're starting with a classic Star Wars logo followed by a text crawl. And I couldn't tell you exactly what they're going to say in this text crawl, but I can guarantee you it will be something along the lines of the First Order have regained dominance in the galaxy and the Resistance are building up their allies and coming up with a new plan of attack because they've really been put on the ropes. The whole last movie was basically a, the slowest chase possible through space. <laughs> and then, as is standard with Star Wars, we're going to start with a cold open from that point, where we see... In classic with Kieran predictions. Yes. We see a planet from space. We're not sure what this planet is, or maybe they'll tell us in a little text crawl, which they don't really do with Star Wars that often. But they have done it in Rogue One, and I think they did it in Solo as well, where they pointed out what the planet was. Yeah. But since this is an episode proper, I can't see them doing that. But anyway... It's a planet that we've never seen before because that's something this new series does. They never revisit planets that have appeared in the previous movie. It's a big solar system. Yeah, I guess that's more realistic, I suppose. So we follow a small spaceship, which happens to be the Millennium Falcon. All fans will recognize it straight away as it arrives on a planet that's entirely rocky canyons and valleys. But they also have cities nestled within the canyons. The Falcon lands at a port in one of the cities and we're reintroduced to our heroes, Ray, Finn and Poe Dameron, who are joined by BB-8 and Chewbacca. We quickly learn that this city that they've arrived in is a wretched hive of scum and villainy where smugglers and bounty hunters meet to drink, gamble and let off a bit of steam. And our heroes are here in search of an old ally of the Resistance. Who could it be? I wonder who it is. Lando Calrissian, who they find playing cards in a local watering hole. Lando reluctantly agrees to join our heroes and once again help the Resistance and handily wins his card game. This annoys a local gangster, which leads to our first action scene in the movie. I think it's going to be an alien gangster rather than a human gangster, as is standard for Star Wars. And this leads to our first big action scene. It's going to be mainly played for laughs, more so than tension or suspense. And it's just going to reintroduce us to the vibe of the movie. It's more about having fun and being entertaining than dark and gritty. So there's going to be plenty of gags. There's going to be plenty of funny moments all throughout. Slipping on banana peels. Yeah. Stormtroopers hitting themselves on the head. (laughs) Yes. Bumbling into each other, knocking each other in the head. No, there's no stormtroopers here yet. It's all gangsters and and thugs. And they're getting into fights. They're hitting them with sticks. They're flipping over tabletops. My friend doesn't like you. Yes, it's going to be just like that. But it's basically going to be like a Western bar brawl, but in space, on a planet. Of course. Not in the vacuum of space. That would be ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. So they'll return to the Millennium Falcon after the fight scene, or they could even be chased all the way to the Millennium Falcon. And I think Lando will be happy to see the Millennium Falcon again, but appalled at the same time by its current condition. 
Now, before they leave the planet to rejoin the Resistance, Lando makes them promise that they'll find and collect his daughter, mm? Jana, who mm. lives on another planet, which I've put in brackets here, Tatooine. Is Jana a character? Yes, she is. Is this canon? No, this is just pure speculation on okay. my behalf. All right. And Jana is someone that Lando hasn't seen or spoken to for several years. He's out there doing crime and villainy. Yeah, he wants to keep her away from that, so he put her on Tatooine. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that tends to be what you do with your kids. Yes. He was inspired Tat- by Anakin. Tatooine is just full of kids that are just abandoned. Yes, it is. It's the universe's orphanage. Well, it builds up some great Jedis. Yes. We're then reintroduced to Kylo Ren and the First Order, who are travelling around in a large fleet of Star Destroyers. Kylo Ren is just finishing up repairs on his mask, since he destroyed it in the last movie, and I don't think J.J. Abrams liked that Ryan Johnson wrote that in, so he's going to rebuild it and he's going to have his mask back for this movie. Because it's a better Darth Vader parallel with what? the mask. You don't like the pretty boy being the bad guy? Pretty boy? Well. They scarred him up. The First Order now have a portable Death Star laser, which, mind you, was introduced at the end of the last movie, and they are busy trying to track down the Resistance, blowing up any potential base locations that they come across with their portable laser. Oh, jeez. I wonder what's going to happen to the portable laser. Uh... (laughs) General Hux is still Kylo Ren's butt monkey, but there's now a new evil bureaucrat on the First Order staff, Allegiant General Pride, played by Richard E. Grant. Both Pride and Hux vie for Kylo's attention, although Pride is far more intimidating and has no issues with putting Hux in his place. So yeah, they're both slimy, but Pride is even more slimy. Okay, real dislikable guy. Yeah, he wants the promotion way more than Hux does. They're bringing uh, Kylo Ren his coffee and they're fighting over who gets to do it. Yes. I brought you a latte. (laughs) Kylo is also having strange new force visions involving a cackling, overacting old presence. (laughs) Who is that? Who is that? I'm on the edge of my seat. Mm. We return to our heroes who arrive at the Resistance's current base, which is on a lush forest planet. Now, because I forgot to include her, this is just where Maz Kanata's going to be. She's going to say, hi, guys. Uh, I've got other stuff to do. I'm going to sit with the other mouldy oranges and... Maybe you see her with her rebellion. Now I'm helping you out. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) That's all right. But yes, if she's going to appear anywhere, it's going to be here on the new Resistance base. Here we meet General Leia, or unused footage of her from previous movies, Lieutenant Connix, who's played by Billy Lord, C-3PO, Aunt to D2 and Rose Tico. Rose will not join our heroes for their adventures in this movie, Aww. but will appear here to be briefly acknowledged by the filmmakers to hug Finn and then to disappear into the background for the rest of the movie. Oh, you jerk. You're so, hiding her. She's there. She's alive. She's in the movie. At first, I thought about killing her off. She just dies off screen between movies. Cold. But like I said, that would not do fans of Rose any favours. And it's just kind of really insulting to the actress. As I said before, they're going to do a Jar Jar Binks with her because a lot of people had issues with her and she surely has a lot of issues with the series itself and its fans I'm sure she doesn't want to appear in the same capacity that she did previously and I'm sure the filmmakers won't want to force her back in the same capacity so intended. quite like Jar Jar Binks in episode 2 and 3 she's there she says hi she says bye that's it yeah she's a counsellor yeah she's going to say my Delo Feligates <laughs> And be generally incompetent. Oh, God. Now, we're also introduced to BB-8's new robot buddy, now available in stores, who is basically a wheel with a head. Go buy that toy. Yes. There's too many of these robots. Yeah, I know. They had a black BB-8 in the last movie, like a First Order BB-8, if you remember that. No one was buying that. Yeah. So they got this one out. Now you can probably control it on your phones with an app. You can have dueling BB-8 Oh, my God. You can have races. W-99 or whatever this new one's going to be called. While everyone is resting and recharging, Ray uses her downtime to train in the forest with her lightsaber where she speaks to the force ghost of Luke Skywalker. Luke feels a disturbance in the force that he hasn't felt for a long time and tells Rey that 
that nobody is ever really gone. Ooh. Yes. Ray also reveals to Luke that she is having a reoccurring force vision of herself as a Sith. <gasps> but Luke isn't sure if this is a warning or a prediction Ooh. of the future. Will Ray be a bad guy? Mm. I think that's one of the main things from the trailer that a lot of people are excited about. And I really want to see how they handle it in the actual movie. I would love it, personally. She this isn't kills in my everybody. Plot. Yeah, I would love it if Ray herself actually went to the dark side because I've always wanted to see a female Sith Lord in a Star Wars movie mm. like they do in, you know, the sequel books that are no longer canon or in some of the video games. But yeah, it'd be great to see it in a movie for a change. And canon and it would just be an interesting turn for the character but personally I don't think they're gonna go there <laughs> no so Ray, Finn, Poe and Chewie say goodbye to everybody once again and head off to Tatooine to find Jana. they bring along C-3PO as a translator and because he's the only one who's actually been there before now before you say that Chewbacca has been there before Chewbacca is not a translator <laughs> okay fair enough you got me now I also have a theory that Finn will turn out to be Lando's son Ooh. he's just abandoning his kids all over the <laughs> he just has kids all over the galaxy yeah well he, he would yeah He'd be some different mothers all over the galaxy. <laughs> but I like to imagine that he is estranged from Finn and they find out that they're connected in this movie. Because I always had a theory. When the first movie was coming out, I'm like, oh, this guy has definitely got to be Lando Calrissian's son. Oh, Wouldn't really? That'd be great, yeah. So I think this is the big chance. This is my big chance for my theory to come true in this movie. So I'm going to put it out there. But that would also make Jana and Finn brother and sister. Does that ruin your plot? <laughs> no, it doesn't. So when I saw them together in the trailers and in the promotional material I went oh he's got a new potential love interest to replace Rose but then I went well again that's kind of insulting to the Rose character so I'm going to keep it that they are still love interests not Jana and Finn but Rose and Finn and And then the only connection that Jana and Finn have is that they're brother and sister connecting for the first time and not in a Luke and Leia way okay you haven't finished your play yet I won't uh, won't believe there's just a graphic sex scene at the end of the movie full incest anyway you're giving them what the fans they want yes our gang arrives on Tatooine and visits it's a local festival, like a kite festival or something like that. <laughs> a kite festival? Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like a kite festival in the trailer. But I said it's most likely celebrating the anniversary of the death of Jabba the Hutt. So his age of tyranny has been over for 20 years. I like that, actually. And every year it's like Christmas, they celebrate the death of Jabba the Hutt. That's really nice. I they like burn that. his effigy. <laughs> Everyone flies a kite and has a great time. Make a big stick man of uh, like the burning man, except yes. Jabba the Hutt is like really large. It would be great and it would stink. Here at the festival, they not only find Jana, played by Naomi, Aki, but they also come across a bounty hunter and old friend of Poe Dameron, Zori Bliss. Zori acts friendly towards our heroes, but this is all a ruse. The First Order has put a bounty out on key members of the Resistance, and one of those key members is C-3PO, who stands out like a sore thumb because (laughs) he's gold. It's because of his red hand. No, he's got a full gold arm now. They replaced that in between movies. Does he have a red leg? Or is it all gold now? He's all gold. (gasps) He's all G, man. Look at that. Zori distracts our heroes long enough for the First Order to arrive, and then all hell breaks loose, and we have another action scene. Kylo Ren arrives in a TIE fighter. We have the scene that we saw in the trailer where Ray flips over the top of the TIE fighter with her lightsaber and handily cuts it down. Then Kylo exits his TIE fighter and has a lightsaber skirmish with Ray while a troop of stormtroopers attack Finn, Poe, and the rest of the gang on speeder bikes. Finn, Jana, Poe, C-3PO, and Chewie <laughs> attempt to flee on a small sail barge. It's okay. so annoying to write them down so many times just to say who is who and where exactly they are. So they're trying to flee the First Order who are chasing them on speeder bikes mm. in a sail barge, like yep. a small sail barge, similar to like the ones that they have had around Jabba the Hutt's ship in episode 6. 
But C-3PO falls off the barge and is captured by the baddies. <gasps> Ewoks. No, the First Order. Oh, our not, hero- not working for the First Order? <laughs> no, that would be interesting, but no. Our heroes return to their ship, swooping down to rescue Rey before leaving Tatooine behind. Have you noticed any similarities between my plot of this movie and Star Wars Episode Six? <laughs> A little bit. Not dissimilar to the comparisons that people make between Episode Four and Episode Seven, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. So the Resistance are worried that the First Order will use C-3PO to find out where their new base of operations is located. And they're right to be worried, since we cut back to the First Order and they reveal that they've reprogrammed C-3PO for evil and he now has bright red eyes. (laughs) Really? Yes. (laughs) And he's ready to spill the beans on the whole resistance. I am evil now. I will tell you where they all are and you will kill them. (laughs) It'll be great. Least intimidating villain. Yeah, exactly. You're going to make C-3PO evil? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. It'll be interesting. They sort of did it in episode two, if you remember. Mm. The movie then becomes a race against the clock to evacuate and relocate the base before the First Order arrives along with coming up with a plan to rescue C-3PO. We also learn, since Rey and Kylo still are connected through the Force, that Kylo is seeking out a mysterious structure on a strange planet that appears to contain a powerful source of dark side energy. Ooh, I wonder what that is. Mm. Kylo is being drawn to the energy by an unknown force, I think we all know who it is, (laughs) and Luke's Force ghost is worried that if Kylo finds this source of power, he may become too powerful to ever be defeated. So he wants Rey to get there first. Beat cheeks and... Stop Kylo Ren. Our heroes conduct a plan to rescue C-3PO and stop Kylo by having Rey seek out this mysterious structure and confront Kylo once and for all, while the rest of the gang, including Lando and Jana, plan to sneak aboard the First Order's main Star Destroyer where C-3PO is being held. They drop Rey off at the strange planet. (laughs) Bye, we'll pick you up at eight. They give her her lunch. Before allowing the Millennium Falcon to be captured by the First Order. Once Finn, Jana and Poe leave the Falcon to sneak around the Star Destroyer, Lando and Chewie fly off in the Falcon again to act as a distraction while the trio rescues C-3PO. Now I have this image in my head of exactly how this is going to play out. So they've snuck out of the Millennium Falcon. Lando and Chewie remain behind in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. The First Order, including Kylo Ren, march into the hangar bay. And just as they're about to approach the ship, the ship takes off. Knocking them all back <laughs> and the ship goes into space and like Lando gives them the finger out the window <laughs> as he leaves. So this will start a huge space battle where the Millennium Falcon's flying around being chased by TIE fighters and it will be very exciting. Just like we see in basically all of the movies, except this time we've got more stakes because we know it's the last movie and he's got to distract them long enough so that the rest of our heroes inside the Star Destroyer don't get found before they can find C-3PO. And we also get Lando behind the Millennium Falcon, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, which he did in episode six. There's a lot of parallel there yes. noticing yes <laughs> meanwhile ray enters the mysterious structure and discovers that it is indeed the new home of dun 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 emperor palpatine <gasps> who managed to survive his fall in the second Death Star. Palpatine had been responsible for the First Order the whole time, and Supreme Leader Snoke was simply a vessel that Palpatine had possessed in order to hide his true intentions. So is he a Force ghost, or is he an actual Palpatine? He's actually there. He never died. He never died. He stayed alive this entire time. Why didn't he leave his area? Is he just weak, or...? He wanted to be secretive and recollect Mm. and come up with a new plan to take over the galaxy, because... That's his style, hey? He never really gets seen very much. 
Snoke. No, he wants to completely surprise everybody yet again. So yeah, he was using Snoke as a vessel. So that explains that whole angle and why Snoke was handily killed off with no real repercussions in the second movie. Or no explaining. Sorry, in the eighth movie. Or no answers to who he was. Yes, well, this is all your big answers here. He wasn't a real person. He was just a vessel Ah. inhabited by the spirit. So he was the Professor Quirrell to to Voldemort. Voldemort. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Also, Mm. in another surprise, probably the biggest surprise of the movie. Oh, be still my beating heart. There's too many surprises. The Emperor has an evil clone of Rey. Okay. Who serves as his apprentice. (laughs) Okay. Well, cloning does exist in this universe. And who was behind the cloning in the previous movies? That was old Palpo, right? Yep, it sure was. It was his master plot the entire time. So why wouldn't he be doing his cloning shtick again? Sure. Rey and her clone fight, but the clone is ultimately killed by Kylo Ren, (gasps) who swoops in in the last second, just as it looks like the clone is about to kill Rey. Does she have double lightsabers? Yeah, it's sort of like a weird stapler lightsaber. Yeah, (laughs) it looks like that. Hey. Yes. Kylo offers himself as the Emperor's new apprentice, but the Emperor believes that Rey is destined to be his rightful heir. How about Kyle? No. <laughs> Kyle, no, never. Oh, jeez. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Speaking of apologies, you see, in a twist that will disappoint everyone, Mm. the Emperor explains that Rey was created by him as an experiment. We always had that big mystery of where Rey came from and why she has no parents. We had the vision where she couldn't see them. It's because she is a test tube, basically, essentially. So he was creating her as a part of an experiment in creating the ultimate Sith Lord. I guess it was all part of his master plan to give her away to those traders who sold her on Jakku for into slavery, basically, and abandoned her there. Palpatine used DNA from Vader himself to create not just a clone of Vader, but his perfect heir. So technically, she's a Skywalker in, technically, in a loose sense. Yeah, she's a clone perfect creation of a Skywalker. What a twist. Kylo is annoyed by this as he is legitimately from Vader's lineage and is a Sith himself. But Palpatine sees Kylo as a spoiled brat whose internal conflict with the Force prevents him from ever being a great warrior. So that's why he doesn't want him. In a rage, Kylo kills the Emperor, just like he did with Snoke, and begins an epic lightsaber duel with Rey. The fight between the two spills outside the giant structure as it is consumed by a powerful storm. Big crashing waves from the ocean, just like we see in that second trailer. Meanwhile, Mm. back in the Star Destroyer, our heroes manage to rescue C-3PO by bumbling around incognito, although C-3PO will have to be reprogrammed. So I imagine they have to carry him around the ship while he's switched off. Because he'll come in the room and they'll like, C-3PO, how are you? And he's like, intruders! With his red eyes. Yes. Unfortunately, Lando, Chewie, and the Millennium Falcon are heroically blown up <gasps> while distracting the First Order's fleet. And just as it looks like all hope is lost, that's when the rest of the Resistance fighters swoop in. They come in out of hyperspace, yep. all their ships arrive. We have an epic space battle to end all space battles. And then meanwhile, back with the battle between Kylo and Rey... I was running out of ideas at this point, so I literally thought, well, Ray can't kill Kylo because that would make her just as bad as him. Murderer. So Kylo will realise that he's in the wrong. He'll realise, oh, everything I've done is wrong. He's turned back to the good side, so he realises that the only way he can redeem himself is by killing himself. Okay. He'll stab himself with his own lightsaber. Seppuku? (laughs) Seppuku, yes. Tumble into the ocean and we'll never see him again. And Ray will look sad and maybe wipe away a tear and she'll go, my brother, my weird clone brother. (laughs) So the Resistance, they handily mop up all those Star Destroyers somehow. Cool. 
It's going to be impressive. It's going to be a feat of hope and bravery and beautiful music. Understanding the force in a way that allows you to win. Balance is returned to the force, I suppose, because all the bad guys have been killed. There's no one left. But we thought this already happened at the end of episode six. So hmm, who knows how permanent it will be this time. Our heroes go back. They might be given medals, though I don't know if they have any footage of Leia giving them medals. And we wrap up Star Wars. There it is. Star Wars. So I'm sorry got a little bit messy there. The The last movie. The last uh, last Skywalker. Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. Return of the Skywalker. How do you feel now that you've got it all out? Yeah. feel feel like Mm. a therapist. I do not feel confident in this plot (laughs) at all. I've said this before with some of my sketchier plots, but if I can just get 30% of what I predicted in the actual movie, I'll be satisfied. But I am not expecting to be accurate at all with this one. That, I guess, leads perfectly into what I predict, because... uh, After all your jokes and your (laughs) laughing at my plot points, I want to see what you do. Oh, believe me, believe me, I am in no place to be smug at all. Listen, when I sort of sat down to, to write up this prediction, to think about this prediction, with all the vague information that we got from the trailer, I've realized that I'm going to go watch Star Wars. I'm probably going to enjoy it as an experience. I have no idea what is going to be in this movie and I'm completely okay with that. I'm completely okay with going Yeah, me too, one. to be honest. So you know what? I just went at it. I had to think and I just went with my gut instinct and here is what I have and I guarantee you it won't be right but here is the best I could come up with. Mm. Everybody that uh, loves this franchise, I do apologize. This is not going to be what you want to hear but this is the Maddie D prediction of Star Wars. Mm. So here we go. Opening credits, a title card, classic Star Wars, exactly the same as you. So we're on the same oh, foot. Oh, wow, what a copycat. So it, yeah, I know, right? I listened to your plot and I added that in. So it recounts the events of the last movie. Oh, geez, that'd be a long text call. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So it says that the death of the Supreme Leader Snoke has meant that Kylo Ren has taken reins as Supreme Leader of the First Order, officially. However, his authority is being questioned by the people around him. The Alliance has been damaged due to their war with the First Order, losing many valuable allies. Alliance? The Alliance. What did I say? I don't know who the Alliance are. Are they related to the Resistance? The Alliance is who I call the Resistance. Okay. so That would have been a better name for them, actually. The Resistance. I've called them the Alliance all the way through. I don't know why. That's just in my mind. Because it didn't make any sense to me why they were called the Resistance. Well, they're resisting the First Order. They're they're the underdogs. But they weren't in Episode 7. they weren't. Were they? I don't know. And I don't know. I was thinking when Episode 7 came out, I'm like, what are they resisting? Okay. Well, it's the Resistance that's been badly. Damaged. The alliance would be a better name, but of course, when they become the underdogs by episode eight, then it makes sense. It makes more sense, and yeah. definitely in this movie because they are absolutely the underdogs. But yeah. still, very confusing. Uh, I'm not the writer, but I am today. Mm. So <laughs> the alliance, the resistance, have been badly damaged, and the first order is as powerful as it's ever been. Now I'm not going to get that word for word. Oh, they were originally the rebel alliance. That's yeah. why you got. That's confused. why I got it. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomato, tomato. That's not going to be what it's completely going to say word for word, but that's going to be the gist of it, at least for for my telling of this story. So, this is the opening. We are in, and it is a year later, but it is a tearful send-off to Luke Skywalker. So, they've all sort of met together. They kept his body for a year? No, he disappeared, Kieran. Oh, yeah, good point. They kept his robes for a year? Well, no, this is like a a tribute. Okay. They're they're paying tribute to a fallen Jedi. So, we're going to see all of our favourites here and get ready for the waterworks because this is going to be an emotional scene. You're going to really care about this scene. We're going to see all of our favourite characters looking sad as we remember Luke Skywalker. It's going to start as a down. The effects of the First Order are plainly seen here. This leads into an impromptu meeting. Well, Luke kind of killed himself. Yeah, yeah, but he did so because of the the Alliance. They're remembering his sacrifice, but also a lot of other people have died because of that, and they're on the back foot. So there's a little bit of 
that in the air. So this leads into a meeting from the resistance by Leia, who is given the resistance a rousing pep talk, talking about uh, what the resistance is all about. Ray starts hearing during this scene a disturbing voice Ooh. telling her that Luke died because of his own weakness. Ray doesn't know where this voice is coming from. It's going to be a consistent feature through the whole movie. Which what does the voice sound like? Like a cackling overacted <laughs> old man. It says, I am the Senate. This is going to be a theme throughout because I was like, what could be interesting? Oh, Ray with, you know, this inner Ooh. conflict could be I sort be of had cool. that as well, except it was Kylo. Well, interesting you say that. So meanwhile, Kylo Ren is brooding on a throne. Uh, one of his officers will say Hux approaches him. He gives some needless commands to Hux. And the officer replies that he... Get me a coffee, boy. ...doesn't follow him. In anger, he's almost like, he doesn't follow him. He follows Snoke, not this particular. Betrayer. This angers Kylo and he he gets promptly choked for this. But uh, Force choked. Force choked, that's right. But Ren starts to fear insubordination. One of the characters, this General Pride character, mm-hmm. is going to be a guy that's sort of not groveling to Kylo Ren, but someone who wants to take his own leadership. Kylo Ren's aware of this. So he announces to one of his goons that he is leaving. He wants to find somebody whose authority cannot be questioned. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. And then we get a classic Star Wars star wipe. You know, one of those yeah. things that they always do. They are called Star Wipes. To the next scene. So it's Poe and Finn. They're going through a dodgy criminalized city. Man, really? where have we heard this before? There's a lot of banter. They meet Poe's old friend. What does friend. this planet look like? Where are they? I'm imagining like a cityscape, like the sl- like a slummy city style place. Yeah. What about the planet? What's the planet look like? Mm. Is it all valleys and canyons? I didn't really think about it. I think I thought about it like the the Force Awakens city, you know, just like a slums area. I don't know what the like Jakku. fauna and fauna look like. Fair enough. But sure, it could be valleys. Why not? Um, I'm picturing it more like, yeah, just a city slums where we're just seeing the streets, like the windy okay. streets. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's a city. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so Poe is meeting with his old friend, a criminal, Zora Bliss. Mm. The reason that they're visiting her is because she has information on a base where the First Order keep their weapons, some of their ships. Oh, more importantly... Like their portable Death Star lasers that have no real importance in the story beyond mentioning them? <laughs> no, because we've done the Death Star thing to death. This is going to be important because this is a, a hub in which they communicate to the all the other oh. uh, soldiers. How do you hurt this big you know, army of people if you kill their communication? Excellent. Smart thinking. Mm, smart thinking. And this would affect their hold over the galaxy. So Zora won't give in without a price. I think it's Zori. Is it Zori? Yeah. Right. My mistake. So Zori won't give it to them without a price, but before they can negotiate, and when I say they, I'm talking about Finn, I'm talking about Poe, and I'm talking about Rose. Those are the people I kind of think are here at the moment. They get attacked by the First Order. No, they don't. What am I saying? They get attacked by a group of cutthroats. Oh, gangsters. Uh, yeah, they're not with the resistance, um, and they take them to their leader. Like how you and I basically have the same theory, yeah. loosely, on loosely. how this movie's going to open. Oh, well, don't say too far, because here's where I get a little bit creative. Oh, I can feel it already. So when they arrive, the leader turns out to be none other than Jar Jar Binks. What? That's right. This movie is going to save this character. So Jar Jar Binks is not quite the same. He is living with synthetic enhancements. He has revealed his true motivations all this time has been to plan to help the Emperor and he claims that there is a greater power that has awoken. Wait, so you're saying that Jar Jar Binks has been evil the entire time. Yes, and I know that goes against all the canons, but he was just playing the game. That's what I'm going with. I just presumed he was killed during the big takeover. (laughs) 
No, he survived. Barely. He's like a Darth Vader version of Jar Jar Binks. Wow. Yeah. Darth Binks. That's it. Interesting. That's it. Yeah, um, I can guarantee you that's going to happen in the movie. <laughs> you may be surprised. If I'm right, I'm going to be so happy. And, <laughs> and he announces that this will be the end of the Jedi. Now, while he's doing that, Rose fumbles with the taser and manages to kill Jar Jar Binks. I thought you were going to say herself. <laughs> so, I read that... Uh, well, both characters are redeemed. That, well yeah, done. exactly. I've just fixed something here. <laughs> yeah. So, Rose is supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to be, apparently, representative of the fandom. <laughs> Ouch. So, we're sending a little message there. Okay. And that gives, it gives Rose something to do. So, the group managed to make their escape. They're sort of fighting with all the all the sort of cutthroats out of the way. And they bump into, da-da-da-da, someone to save the day, Lando Calrissian. Now, for some reason, I thought Lando Calrissian had already been introduced in the last movie. So, I was just like, no, oh, Lando saves him. And then after listening to your plot, I realized he was never in that at all. So, no. I've got to, he's got to be introduced here. And the movie here. was worse for it, to be honest. And I think he sees the Millennium Falcon and that's what attracts him to this group of people. So they all manage to make their escape and we're going to have a nice scene where Lando embraces his Millennium his Falcon son, again. Finn. <laughs> no, that's not what's going to happen. His Millennium and Falcon. Someone, someone's going to give him the bad news that Han Solo is dead so he'll have a little somber moment mm. as well. So Leia senses a disturbance in the Force and decide to go to Maz to seek her counsel. Now, I had that we visit Maz in her temple. Did her temple get destroyed? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, sort of. Okay, well, we go, to the, we go to that planet. She may be based elsewhere, but she's with Resistance people as well. So they go down and they visit her, and this is where... I may be mistaken. Mm-hmm. Any diehard Star Wars fans will be able to call me up, but I think Maz's base might even be on Yavin 4, mm, but maybe. I could be wrong. Maybe. That's just a stab in the dark. Well, there. they go there. Yeah, they go to a planet. We're going to say it's that planet. And this is where Luke is going to reveal himself as a force ghost. And this He's part- going to step out from beyond a tree. He's going to be like, boo, I'm here. And this is where more training occurs with Rey and Luke. So Luke's going to teach her how to be uh, a better Jedi, how to yeah. how to fight Kylo Ren, because Kylo Ren is a little bit- He's been practicing the force a little bit longer, but wow. Luke Skywalker was his trainer. So if anyone's going to know his weaknesses or his tactics, it's going to be Luke. And we all know that Kylo Ren is consistently beatable in fight. <laughs> So <laughs> exactly. you only need a little bit of training to exactly. be able to get one up on him. So part of this scene is Rey seeing visions and fighting visions of herself as a evil Jedi. Like you, I would have liked if Rey took the angle of being an evil Jedi, but I don't think they're mm. going to do that to their protagonist. Nice job incorporating that moment from the trailer into it's your plot. too important. So it's going to be much similar to uh, episode two where Luke fights Darth Vader. Episode she, five. Episode five. You know, you know, the original trilogy. She fights herself and overcomes herself and what right. she could be if she goes to the dark side because we all have that in us or at least the Jedi do. Maz and Luke both confirm Leia's suspicions that Kylo, who is now leaderless, is trying to resurrect or get help from the Emperor. Ooh. Mm. I actually like that better than the stupid idea Mm. I came up with that he's just alive and kicking around. Yeah. It's during this time that Maz and the Force Ghost Luke reveal that Rey's true parents are, in fact, Leia and Han. Wow. And they didn't know that? No, because Leia didn't know that. Okay, explain yourself, Matty D. Um, <laughs> you haven't thought this through I at all, have you? Th- well, I think the simplest... What assholes they are. They kept Kylo, or they kept Ben. 
But they're like, yeah, let's go dump our other daughter on Jakku. No. And I then don't... also, I'm sure Leia would know if she was pregnant with two children. Yeah, I think something happened where they thought the other child died or something. Look, <laughs> what, I think so in what, they cases threw it like, in the bin. In case it survived, like, was found by no, two smugglers. I'm going to say it was stolen and then, you know, taken it by smugglers. It was stolen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's your, go plot. it's your plot. The, I'm going the with The simplest you. explanation is always the correct one. And okay. the most simplest one would be that Han and Leia were the parents. Now, I think Leia kind of has this inkling, and that's why she's so close with Rey. And if you notice in the other movies, Han also shares an affection for him. Yeah. So I think they know, but it's only at this point where it is revealed that she is actually their daughter. Right. So terrible, sloppy handling of that plot point in other movies. I'm but... sure they'll do it better. Okay. <laughs> but yes, mm. that is the if case. That is the case. I'm going to be annoyed, Money D. Maybe, maybe and it was. Better explain it well, better than you did <laughs> maybe, in the actual movie. Maybe if it that's was. The case. Yeah, some, maybe something happened. Maybe the baby was stolen. Maybe they had it was to. Stolen. <laughs> I can't get over that. Maybe there was some like. My baby! Wartime thing. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's what happened. So in that massive 20 years of peace. <laughs> there was a war when the baby got <laughs> separated. Okay, I don't sure. Know. You got to go All with right. me. There's a better reason than I could come up with. Um, okay, fingers so crossed. So, there we go. Okay, so their planet gets attacked, and there's a big fight scene, and the First Order attacks Maz's temple. They hold their own and are saved by Lando and Chewie that arrive in on the Millennium Falcon with the others. And after this action sequence, they go up and they fly to the secret base. So all their characters are together and they're going to go to this secret base, which is in a lava planet. Oh. A lava-based planet. Mustafa? No, it's going to be a new planet. They're all new planets. Yeah, fair enough. They go in and they're going to do sort of like a stealthy thing where they're trying to sneak on and- bumble around. Yeah, and bumble around and try to- Destroy it from within, essentially. So during this high pressure situation, wait. So this is the bad guys' base. Yeah, this is the first order. Yeah, this is the first order's base. This is one of their bases, but it's the main hub for their telecommunications. Telecommunications, their communications. So during this high pressure, have VoIP phones. Yeah, maybe. During this time, it all goes wrong because, of course, it does. And Leia ends up sacrificing herself by detonating the base while she's inside. The third main character to die in a Star Wars movie. Notice there's a trend there. You think they'll actually kill her off when they didn't do it in the last movie? Yes. Absolutely. Have the perfect opportunity to. Yes, they. How will. much limited footage do you think they have to be able to pull off all this? Well, stuff? Well, enough to do this, enough to do all these <laughs> scenes. But we're not going to see Leia die just yet. I don't know how they're going to do it. Movie magic, but Leia will have. It's her- going to be as underwhelming as the death of Admiral Akbar. Absolutely not. She's going to use her Mary Pop and Force powers and defeat several waves of bad guys because we need to see Leia use the Force more. I want to see it, so it's happening in this moment. But yeah. she sacrifices herself for everyone. There's a tearful moment where. Ray's like, bye, mom. I just, just learned that you were my mother because they do cry and they do hug. So why would they do that if they're not, you know, mother and daughter? Maybe they just Boom. like each other. Points, points for me. It's going to happen. And then Ray is going to tearfully leave our hero, that one of the core heroes of this franchise, to sacrifice herself for the good of all kind. This leads to an all-out space war. So they've all flying up in their war. ships. Yep, a Star War, a good old-fashioned Star War. So the First Order are facing up against the Resistance. The Resistance think they are screwed. Remember, the First Order have a lot more you know, ships than them. I mean, yeah. they've affected their communications, but they still have more sort of technology. Like, and we more. can't hear, but we can still see. <laughs> we can still beat you. But 
they are joined by other citizens of the galaxy. So I see them flying up with rickety ships and whatnot coming into the thing. <laughs> Homemade ships. The people are fighting. Someone just flying a fridge. The, like little bikes. The resistance are fighting. Sorry, the people are fighting. The common galaxy folk. Exactly, exactly. And this isn't just happening in the skies. This is also happening on the streets. We see different planets where the people are rising up. We against- see a woman with a rolling pin <laughs> whacking a stormtrooper on the head. They're throwing rocks. They're trying to fight. We see a fight. child. Now, during this time... Dumping a bucket of rocks. Finn and Rose find themselves on a planet, on one of these planets during this fight. The First Order stormtroopers are given orders to execute the civilians. Um, So just as they're about to do that, Finn bravely steps up and gives a motivational speech about choice. Since he was a stormtrooper himself and he chose the light side, he says that every single one can do the same. This resonates with most of the stormtroopers who turn their guns on the bad stormtroopers. Wow. We are having a stormtrooper rebellion. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but Finn's message will be received through a wave of all these stormtroopers. He's got a megaphone. He's got a megaphone, or maybe he has part of the communications left. And they take off their helmets, they decide to go, they're going to fight the good fight, and they're going to be free men, and they're going to fight their brethren. (laughs) And... And now the resistance is actually fighting back against the First Order. Lando and Poe will have some cool moments that show off their aerial skills as they defeat the bad guys. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Aerial skills? Yeah, when they're flying in the... They're doing like trapeze? Yeah. Okay. Aerial is in planes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Like dogfighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're flying around. And I like to think that, and I hope that Poe and Lando have like a competition, much similar to Han and Poe, where they're just sort of like bantering between each other. But the resistance... Like the father and son duo they are. Yeah. Well, no, they're not father and son. Oh, yeah. Wait, sorry. It was Poe. Yeah. Poe and Lando. Imagine that, though, as a twist. Could be. Well, (laughs) I doubt it, but yeah, sure. So, yeah. So, this is a feel-good moment where the resistance are got the First order on the back foot. After the victory is pretty much won, the team of Poe, Ray, Finn, C3PO, who we haven't seen a lot of, Chewie, BB-8, turn evil in your movie? and R2-D2, no he does not, go into a planet that looks like a stormy sort of ocean-kept planet yeah. where there's sort of cliffs. It's interesting you didn't say these people arrived at this planet because that's, that's who appears yeah, in the trailer. Yeah, I know. I saw it in the trailer, but it didn't work in my head. So. Sure, sure. So they arrive there. And yeah, maybe they got out to look when they dropped Ray off. They're like, oh, it looks a bit <laughs> choppy out there. Have fun and they got back in the ship and left so they arrive here and ray's been tracking down kylo ren who's been missing for this portion of the fight they need to track down kylo ren because you can't have kylo ren running around especially if he's got this evil force that luke Mm, has spoken about towards the end when ray defeats herself this is when she overcomes the emperor in her ear um so she doesn't really have a force connection with the emperor anymore but more with kylo so this is how she's able to find him so ray says to her friends that she needs to enter this area alone this area is not a cliff as I thought originally in the trailers but I think it's going to be like a space station that has been destroyed and sort of in the water I was originally going to say it's a dilapidated cloning facility that would and be then cool. I was like, that's silly. And so in my head, it was just a temple. Yeah. Well, An this, ancient Sith temple. This has to make sense for, for my plot that it's a, like a yeah, broken your down plot, at least. space station. But here we'll see the Force Ghost of Palpatine. Now, I know I said there's no Force Ghosts in the Sith, apparently, but we're breaking all the rules in Star Wars. Yeah. And this is um, the Sith Ghost that's connected to a location rather than the environment and peace and harmony. Right. So he can only be in this area, in this vessel. That's why we haven't seen him maybe it's a fragment of the death star that fell from space yeah. and landed on the planet could be could be i see this the part that he was in when he yeah. died well that's what i was going with it would be the place wow. that he died which is why he can't leave 
Yeah, I wrote here, I just read my own notes where it says, but since the fans will get mad, it's not a force ghost in the traditional sense. Um, <laughs> so that's what he looks like. But he doesn't look like a force ghost as, as they all do. He's like a black smoke. Oh. Sound familiar? Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, yeah. But we can definitely see it's still Palpatine. So he's just rolling around being like- You just hear his voice over everything else. Well, no, you see him as Palpatine, but he's like more smoke than he is light. All right. So he's- Unlimited. Here's where we get our ending. So Ray approaches Palpatine. He gives a monologue about the importance of anger and how much potential there is in Ray. Of course, no. Very, no. <laughs> very much like a lot of our Star Wars movies. And then when Ray refuses to join the dark side, Kylo and Ray have a saber fight. I'm that afraid. It's big. <laughs> Uh, your friends will find it to be quite operational. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just having fun doing the Emperor over here. So, yeah, well, you can fill in for the Emperor during my plot. Okay. So they have a big saber fight. It's big and epic. It spills out to the outside. Ray reveals that she is actually Kylo's brother. Mm. Sorry, sister. Oh. Sister. <laughs> because they share the same parents. Ray defeats Kylo, but chooses not to kill him and instead spares his life. Because it's not the Jedi way. Exactly, exactly. Kylo, Unless they're really bad, Kylo like, like Darth Maul. Is, <laughs> Kylo seizes this opportunity and uses a skill that he learned from the Emperor, the coolest force power. I don't care who disagrees with me. Force lightning mm. on Rey. While he's using that force lightning, something awakens in Kylo. He the sees force? her in pain and he stops. Realizing it's never too late to do the right thing, Kylo decides to use every bit of his force magic to destroy this space station, you know, which the Emperor is in. So they manage to go back inside it at this point, and he is using the force to destroy it, which will destroy also the Sith ghost inside. Mm. This is not canon. And obviously the Emperor's like, no! Not again! <laughs> not again! No, you can't do this! Because this will kill him for real. And he does it successfully, but as he's destroying it, Kylo tells Rey to leave. He says he plans on staying and dying with this space station as it's collapsing and falling into he the says, ocean. Let me look on you with my own eyes. Kylo, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the point, I think. I think it's a, it's following a very similar point, but it gets a little bit different. Okay. So Kylo says that there's no going back after what he's done. Rey says that she will not leave him here and that there's always an opportunity to redeem yourself. I think it's important that the first trilogy ended with Anakin killing his mentor, so bad guy wins. The original trilogy ends with Darth Vader dying because he couldn't redeem himself in life. So this movie will be the two characters coming out, both living, and Kylo actually redeeming himself and living on as a good person. It's like, I can't wait to go back and move in with my parents. I'll wait. <laughs> so it's been three trilogies of movies, but we get the perfect ending to Star Wars, the perfect happy ending. So here's the wrap-up. The Resistance celebrates. We see that Rey has become a princess and leader what? of the Rebellion. Okay. Yes, she has. And this ushers in a new government similar to how it was portrayed in the first trilogy. So not a general, but a princess. Oh, okay. She can be a general. But there's not wartime. That's what I was thinking. She's like, well, maybe governor then. Whatever whatever leadership position. Yeah. I couldn't help it. It was Disney. I was like, yeah. She's they, a Disney princess. Could, could they not help themselves by making her a Disney princess? But, you know, she's, she's sort of the leader of the galaxy at this point. And the galaxy sort of turns into a more democratic state, better than it was in the original trilogy. When I say the original, the, seven. the first three. But it's a little bit better. It seems a little bit more peaceful. Kylo then goes into exile and adopts the ways of the true Jedi because he's got a lot of demons to get out mm. of his system. But then he also becomes a trainer 
for the young aspiring Jedi that made a cameo in, I think it was the last movie that they had. Um, the kid with the broom. Yeah, the kid with the broom. Well, I'm They're glad you make, could bring him back. Yeah, I wanted to bring him back into that. So that sort of leads into Kylo developing a school similar to Luke had had where he trains young Jedis. So the Jedi gift lives on. And then we see all the Force ghosts that include Leia and Luke look down at Rey with happiness and they're all applauding. Fate to black, iconic music plays. That is my plot. My only regret is I couldn't fit pod racing in there because I did try. Um, wow. Maybe that might be at the other planet because I think that's now, needed. this is pod racing. That is my plot. Wow, there we go. Yeah. Interesting. Some points I liked, some points <laughs> I didn't like so much. Well, I don't care because I think valiant. if you're going to write a Star Wars plot, you've got to go with your gut and you can't sort of be at the whims of the fans. So that's what I did. I put yeah. it all out there. That's a good sentiment. And as I was about to say, a valiant effort. Thank you. I think this is the second plot of yours in recent times that ends with someone starting a school. Which was the other one? I was sitting here racking my brain trying to work <laughs> out which one it was. Well, it's always a good motif, isn't it? Starting a school, training the future, Kylo Ren as a teacher. <laughs> Why not? Oh, jeez. How scary. Those poor students. It's anyway. A, it's Professor Snape vibe going on. Hmm. Good point. Now, if you want to send us hate mail, there yes. are several places that you can send it to. No. If you have your own theories of what's going to happen in Star Wars Episode Nine, we'd love to hear them. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site. Otherwise, we've got an email address, potentialspoilerspod, that's potentialspoilerspod, or one word, at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page under Potential Spoilers Podcast. Just keep an eye out for the little... Uh, Exclamation mark? Yeah, the caution symbol logo that we have. Some red and yellow, brother. Is that a... It's a Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan reference, yeah. Okay, very nice. And feel free to point out anything that we may have gotten wrong mm. in Star Wars lore. We weren't too deep into the lore itself. We were more so following what's happened in Episode 8 and Episode 7. But if there's any little details we missed in the trailers or just a detail that we got completely wrong in our interpretation of it, feel free to let us know. Yeah. So yeah, after this, it's all downhill, I think. I think that was the most yeah. stressful. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot easier predicting future plots from now yeah. on. I don't think any movie is going to be as complicated. A weight has been lifted from my shoulders. Yes. We've almost wrapped up the whole year in movies. Oh, that's crazy, isn't We've it? basically covered most of the major blockbusters that are scheduled to be released throughout 2019. Throughout the course of this show, of course, we don't cover remakes or direct adaptations of books or TV shows or, or anything similar to that. But the last movie that we're covering, rounding out our 2019 series of movies... Oh, I'm so excited for this one. I think it's a movie that a lot of people are either excited about or they're going to be hearing about Let, for the very first time. Let's just say that this movie will be a contender for the Oscars. I can guarantee it. We're going to be talking Will Smith again. Yes. So next week, we're going to be predicting the plot of the upcoming animated Will Smith spy adventure, Spies in Disguise. I'm excited. A little spoiler for everybody. He turns into a pigeon. He turns in that into movie. a pigeon. So I don't know how we're going to incorporate secret agents, espionage, and pigeons into the same plot. It'll write itself. But find out how we do it next week. That's it. And we'll see you then. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. May the force be with you. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. You have lost. No. 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 You have got.